Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. So we're in this series called Close, and um, like Matt said, we've done three so far, The Great Advantage, The Package Deal, and The Good Oil, and if you haven't heard those yet, please go online, either on YouTube, on our YouTube channel where you can watch, or um, via the podcast where you can listen to those messages, because I think they're actually foundational for you understanding the closeness of the Holy Spirit, and just a lot of the, a lot of the things that you, you might not maybe be able to grasp or grab on your own. I think it's really important that you go back and listen to that, and I'm just continuing on <clears throat> with that tonight. And, and it's funny because I've, I've been reading this book and the author described in this book, I read like six books a month. So if you ever have any, um, if you want to know about a good book to read, ask me and I'll give you too many options. Um, but I was reading this book and he talks about how he's always thought, when I get to heaven, I can't wait to ask Moses what it was like to be face to face with God. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, to have to hide your face in the rock so that he doesn't consume you. And then what it was like for the disciples to walk with Jesus and to be side by side, flesh and blood right next to Jesus. What must that have been like? And, and he just kind of goes on to say, I can't imagine what it will be like to hear their answers one day. And then he says, I had this revelation moment where I realized that on the flip side, they might just be waiting to ask me, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit, the one true God living inside of you? And I heard him say that because I listened to audiobooks a lot. And I heard him say that and it was like something clicked and just shifted in me because I've always read those stories in the Old Testament and, and read about the disciples walking with Jesus in the New Testament. And I have thought, I can't imagine what that must have been like. And yet we have the living God inside of us, you and I, the helper. And, you know, my, my life's pretty full and busy, I would say, in a good way, not in an overwhelming way, but, but busy. And, I, and as we've done this series um, on the Holy Spirit, I've a few times thought about the Holy Spirit being our advocate and our helper, which is um, what it, it calls, what the Bible says in John 14, 16, it says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus, and he will give you another advocate and to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So he's saying, I'm going to ask the Father to send you a helper and advocate. And I just had this thought, you know, man, life is busy sometimes. And if somebody offered for a helper or an advocate to come to my house and just help me organize my life, I would be like, yes, please. Please send the helper. Please send the advocate. I've got so many things that I could use help with. And it's, it's so funny how sometimes we miss that that is exactly what Jesus has sent us and asked the Father to send us in the Holy Spirit. Um, so if you're looking for a title tonight, the title is The Gift. Feels appropriate. It is the first Sunday in December. You will notice that there was no trees up last week. That's because it was not December. And at Colonial Church, we will not put a tree up until we click over into the first Sunday of December. There was a tree at my house, but I just felt like we had to draw the line somewhere. So <laughs> the gift is what this message is titled. 
And it feels really appropriate that we are wrapping up this series on the first Sunday of December as we're all kind of swinging into the gear of it's time to start thinking about gifts, right? Has anybody done any Christmas shopping yet? Anybody? Yes, well done. I, this is not to brag, but I am proud of myself, have completed my Christmas shopping for the year. And you know, I, I really did it intentionally. I've never done this before, so don't be too impressed. But I did it intentionally because I wanted to go into this season with like the load off of what am I going to do, what list do I need to kind of tick off and what do I need to get people. And I wanted to enjoy that process of giving. And, um, and our son, Jack, has been for like, must be like six months asking for this present and it's like in his heart, if you ask him what he wants for Christmas or what he wants for his birthday or what he wants for tomorrow, he will immediately tell you heat wave. And heat wave, if you are a mom of young um, boys or girls, you would know that there is a show called The Rescue Bots. And heat wave is like the firefighter rescue bot. And it is Jack's ultimate dream. And he has had heat wave that doesn't transform, but it's just kind of like stiff and doesn't do much. He has had the small heat wave, but he wants the one heat wave that turns into like a fire truck and also a guy. And anyways, not that you care about that. Jack wants heat wave. That's all he wants for Christmas. And I, it's really struck me actually thinking about gifts, how important that one thing is to him. And if we could, if you'll kind of go there with me, if we could start viewing the gift that the Father has sent us in the Holy Spirit as like the one gift that we're just like, this is everything to me. If I could just unwrap this one gift and start like living my life with this gift, then everything's going to be so good and everything's going to change for me. It's amazing how your kids can teach you things like that. So we were given a gift, and this is what it says in Acts 1, 4, and 5. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Spirit. And he says, but wait for the gift. So let's pray, and then we'll keep going. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to have your way. God, I pray that I would get out of the way so that you can say what you want to say to your people. God, I thank you that you've got something in mind for each person that's sitting here tonight. God, you've got a plan and you've got a purpose. And so, God, we just throw fear into the wind again tonight, God, and we just open up our hearts and we surrender and say, show us, God. We're just open and saying, show us, God. We want to know more of you. We believe in you, and we love you. So it's in your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> and I really do mean that. I really want to get out of the way tonight so that you can hear what God wants to say to you. Um, we want church to be practical for you. We want you to walk out of this space going, I've got a tool to step into my life with. And we don't, we don't want church for you to just be like a Sunday check the box thing. We actually 
believe that Jesus called us to a life of surrender where we lay our lives down and we say, Jesus, you're at the center. And actually, it has to shift everything in our lives when we really surrender. I've experienced that for myself in lots of different ways from the first moment that I said yes to Jesus until now. There's never been a point in my life where God wasn't shifting something or moving something around or making me a little bit uncomfortable (laughs) to look more like him. And there's actually never been a moment when it wasn't so worth it because he's so worthy, you know, and it, it should cost us. It should cost us everything because it cost him everything. So as you listen tonight and as you, you learn more about the Holy Spirit, I'm going to try to give you some things that you can take out of here tonight and start putting in, into action in your everyday life. So you with me? Awesome. In order to go into this, we have to have a foundation of surrender. And this is what happened in the New Testament as Jesus was crucified and then he was raised from the dead. He spent about 40 days with apostles and disciples and showing himself to them and performing miracles and saying, this is real. This is who I'm, I'm raised from the dead. The resurrected Christ spent time with them. And then he said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with a helper. And so you and I, as we receive Jesus into our hearts and we say yes to him, there's going to be a point when you have to go, I've got to step beyond this moment in faith and go, I've, I've got life now, but what does that look like for my life now? I've been given life, but now what does it look like for my everyday life? Because if we just live in this moment, we're going to miss out on everything that Jesus had for us because he saves you and then he sends you out with a helper. And so if you will... Write, write this down, a life by the Spirit and a life of surrender go hand in hand. A life by the Spirit and a life of surrender go hand in hand. So if you felt like you're struggling, you know, to live a life of surrender, or maybe you just feel like, you know, I said yes, I said yes, I've raised my hand, and I knew I needed Jesus, but everything else from there has kind of been like, I feel defeated, like I feel like I'm losing, I, and I know everything doesn't seem to be coming together. Can I encourage you that there, there just might be an absence of the Spirit leading you in your everyday life to live for him? And that's not to bring like a heaviness on you at all. It's actually to bring a lightness to you. Because the thing is, is if you're feeling heavy, you've been trying to do it on your own. And what happens is surrender is really hard and it's really painful because it's a laying down of your will. And Jesus said, if if you're going to follow me, you actually have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. So it's not supposed to be easy. But he also said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you want to live a life by the Spirit, you're going to feel the cost of saying yes to him, but it's going to give you a life that you live freely and lightly. And if you want the abundant life that Christ gives you, yes, there's going to be a cost. But yes, there is going to be a freedom like you've never known. So if you struggle to live a life by the Spirit, I would say there's a good chance that you struggle to live a life of surrender. Surrender is the pathway to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit that Jesus laid out for us. Surrender to Jesus means the helper comes. 
You cannot expect to see the results of the helper of the Holy Spirit without the foundation of surrender. <clears throat> and we have, we have a friend, and he's probably listening right now, which I love because he's a part of our church, but he travels all over the world for work, and his name is Mike Service. So Mike, if you're listening, we love you. You guys want to just give him a little shout because he'd think that was awesome. <laughs> Um, Mike is amazing, and, and Mike always texts us or, or puts on his Insta story, hey, I was listening um, to church, or I was watching church this week, and, um, and Mike is like an incredible health and fitness guy, like the, the guy that I'm like, oh, doggone it, he's working out again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, um, next, New Year's resolution, yeah, <laughs> um, anyway, so I just had this thought when I was preparing this message of, of saying to Mike, hey, Mike, you know, I've been really wanting to get in shape. I really wanted to go to the gym more. I just want to build some muscle tone. So, so Mike, I've been reading lots. I've spent the last few months reading all about what it looks like to be healthy and fit. I've read a few books. Um, I've actually done a lot of online reading. I took a course. Um, once a week, I actually show up at the gym and I hang out with other people who also talk about health and fitness. And every once in a while, I work out, Mike. But Mike, I haven't seen any results. And I don't know what's wrong because I'm putting all my time into it. And I'm reading all the things. And I'm showing up and talking about it. But Mike, I'm not getting any results. And you know what I think Mike would say to me? You haven't done anything. You've learned about doing stuff, and you've talked about doing stuff. You've shown up and cheered when other people learned about doing stuff and talking about doing stuff, but nothing in your actual life and health and fitness has changed. So how could you expect a result when nothing physically changes in your life? And it was like the light came on. And I thought, man, it's so easy for me to show up at church and talk about all the things and read about all the things and never actually put anything to action that I've learned. And then go back to God and say, why hasn't anything changed in my life? Yeah. But man, isn't it freeing to think about? Because all of a sudden it's like, all I need to do is start putting one foot in front of the other, and it might look slow, and it might look like not much is happening at first, but on the inside, everything has started to change, and on the inside, things are getting healthier, and then eventually, the outside will reflect the inside, and I just have to start somewhere, but it can't be just my words, and it can't even just be what I see and what I read. It has to be what I put to action, and the Bible says that faith without works is dead, and I felt dead before with faith in my heart, but it's usually because there was nothing to back it up in my deeds. Man. <laughs> so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and he is the helper, and he is the advocate. So if we're going to start putting one foot in front of the other, that means we have to start learning to live by the Spirit. Your spirit, and God is spirit, and your spirit connects with his spirit. That's why when we worship, you have that moment where you're like, something is changing inside me. Like, what is happening? Why am I, like, falling apart right now? It's because the spirit of God is connecting with your spirit. I remember the first time I encountered the Holy Spirit. I can remember the color of the carpet that I fell on. I can remember the song that was playing. 
I just remember the moment that every cha- everything changed for me because I encountered the Spirit of God. And, and maybe you've had that moment or maybe you haven't. Maybe you need to, as the song says, throw your fear into the wind and open up again. But the Holy Spirit wants to encounter you and to change you from the inside out. And if you want to learn how to live by the Spirit and move in the Spirit, you have to surrender. You have to get out of the driver's seat. You've got to stop asking the Holy Spirit to jump in the car with you as, as you navigate where you already decided to go and start asking him to get in the driver's seat and lead you where he wants you to go. So number one, we finally got to a point. <clears throat> Great. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. Number one, we have to unwrap the gift. <laughs> Am I doing good, babe, on time? We had a conversation about how I can't spend all of my time on the first introductory like, part because I just get a little bit lost in, <laughs> in it. <laughs> it's an ocean. Ah, so number one, we have to unwrap the gift. So I thought we'd just go right to Acts 2 where um, the Holy Spirit comes, the gift is given, and we're just going to read it. So read with me. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. This is after Jesus said, wait for me. I'm going to give you the gift. So they're there. They're waiting. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. That's important. When they, hear, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't, these, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia. (laughs) Guys, I feel like I'm doing pretty good there. Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said to one another, or said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah. This is the moment that the gift was given. 
This was revolutionary. Because all of the sudden, as the gift was given and as they began to speak in all of these other tongues, the gospel was translated immediately for all of these nations. You talk about a revival happening. This is revival. When the Holy Spirit begins to make it immediately easier for the people of the world and the people of our city and the people in your family to hear the gospel because he drops something in you by his spirit that makes you able to communicate to them the good news of Jesus. That is what it looks like when the gift of the Holy Spirit comes on your life. So we can get really wrapped up in what it's like to speak in tongues and what does that mean. But do you know what it means? It means the people around you start to hear the good news of Jesus. So if anything else has happened when you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit except for it becoming about others hearing about what Jesus is doing in your heart, then you have missed the point. The gift, unwrapping this gift is for you to go Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. I need to give this away immediately. That is what it looks like to unwrap the gift. So how do you receive the gift? That's kind of an important point, right? Anybody want to know how to receive the gift? This is what the Bible says, because that's the only place we're going to look for answers on receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says, Peter replied, this is Acts 2, verse 38 through 41, repent and be baptized. There it is. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty, I mean, I feel like that's pretty straightforward. You need to realize that you need Jesus, that there's a separation between you and God, and Jesus is the only one that can fill it. You need to go, I don't want to be like the old me anymore. I'm going to let that old me die, and I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. That's the process. And then God says, I'm going to forgive you of all your sins by the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. So you repent, and then like Jesus was baptized, you are baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, the promises for you and your children, <laughs> and for all who are far off, for all who, whom the Lord God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. In other words, recognize that there is something better than what the world is telling you is good. And those who accepted his message were baptized in about, okay, let's just reverse. There was about 120 before this. And it says, and then those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. That's what happens when the, you receive the gift and you start to outwork it in your life. You start to see your city being changed. You're changed. But it's this exciting, this can't be real, how good is this moment. But, but everything changes, and that's why surrender is the foundation of all of this. Because you have to know that when you say yes to Jesus, everything in your life is going to start to shift because he loves you too much to leave you where he found you. And he wouldn't be good if he left you where he found you. He wouldn't be who he says he is, and he is good, and he loves you. All right, so number two, you unwrap the gift, and number two, you read the instructions. <laughs> 
My dad is the ultimate instruction reader. It's true. I, I am like a product of my father because I love rules and I love instructions. I just like, I love them. And like, and my husband, he's just a cheeky Australian who like doesn't always love rules and likes to push the boundaries a little just to like get me, you know, because he knows it drives me crazy. And like, he like just drives like two miles over the speed limit too fast. And I'm like, stop it, stop it. Like, I can see the little meter. It's like too high. Anyways. It's really important that we read the instructions because if you've ever bought anything from Ikea and you've tried to do it without reading the instructions or even just got the pictures and thought, seriously, they can just type words on there? You're like looking at the stick figure and he's like screwing something. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Anyways, if you don't read the instructions, especially with Ikea and you try to put some things together, you might get something that sort of resembles what the end product is supposed to look like, but it won't last very long. It'll probably fall apart. You'll never be able to take it apart again and put it back together. It's really important that you read the instructions, right, for the longevity and the health of the thing that you're buying. Also, with the Holy Spirit, it's important that you start learning and growing. And, and you know, the thing about... My role and Pastor Matt's role is that we can't work harder at this than you. I can't want this for you more than you want it for you. It doesn't work that way. So beyond this Sunday, you need to go and get into the word and start reading further beyond what I'm able to just stand up here and tell you in 35 minutes from a platform. It's not long enough. You need to dive in during the week. And you can start in Romans 8 or Galatians 5. Or you can just, you know, I don't know, Google what you want to know and then start reading. But just dive into the word because it will come alive for you. But you've got to read the instructions. And here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He wants us to read the instructions. You know that when you are pagans, somehow or other, you are influenced and led astray to mute idols, things that were worthless. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, obviously. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit working, but in Ah, sorry. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation, or which is to display or to show or to be clear or obvious to the eye or mind, that's what manifestation means. So it says, but now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's important. To, there, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and, still, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of, the, of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. So there was some, some gifts lifted, listed there. The message of wisdom, having a message or a word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits or discerning what's happening and spiritually in a place. Speaking in different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. A lot of those are pretty self-explanatory. 
I think, and if you've ever read them, you either were like, this is awesome, or you quickly skimmed over to the next passage because you felt uncomfortable immediately. That's okay. But we each have been given a gift when we receive the Holy Spirit, and it's actually your job. It's, it's on you. It's your responsibility as a believer to figure out what gift God has put in your life. It's also your responsibility as a believer to steward that gift really well. Not to go, hmm, I feel like I've got the gift of wisdom, but I'm just really not into that one. So I would prefer to have the gift of healing and miracles because people are all about that gift. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear somebody say something wise. I mean, I do. But and if, I, if you've ever give, given your kids something and then you gave them, like, I have two boys and they're three and four. And so if I don't give them exactly the same thing, they're like... It's not cool. They each want what the other one has. And immediately I'm like, none of you are having anything. (laughs) Taking it all back. And I just wonder sometimes if instead of stewarding our gifts, we look at somebody else's gift and think, I'd rather have that one. So I'm just going to kind of let this one go for a little while. And I just want to encourage you that if God has given you a gift, he gives gifts to each one that he sees fit. So there's a purpose and a reason that he's put that gift in your life. And if you start stewarding it, you will begin to flourish in exactly the way he's called you to flourish. And the more that you flourish in that one gift, the more you need to learn so much about that one thing. And you actually make space to learn about a different gift. And then God can give you something else to steward. But sometimes it just begins with stewarding that one gift. So a lot of these, like I said, are pretty self-explanatory, but I just wanted to talk about a couple down here, especially the gift of prophecy. Um, Because in 1 Corinthians 14, it actually talks about how important prophecy is, and you can read that later, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 19. Um, Prophecy is the inspired declaration of divine will and purpose. And if you've ever listened to my husband for very long, he's a prophet, and he, he speaks life wherever he goes, and he speaks into the future of the people around him. And that's, that's, that can be different than having a word of knowledge where you're like, I see the number 36, and then, uh, you know, sometimes there's just this crazy, like, Holy Spirit moment where the Holy Spirit will drop something in somebody's head for somebody else because God wants to get their attention and point them to Jesus. But having a prophetic word is really just encouraging and speaking life into something that's coming or a situation that somebody's in. And it's actually really important that as believers we begin to do that. It's about speaking into the coming season, prophesying the promises in God's word over somebody's life. So if you were like, I don't understand what prophecy is, that's what it is. And you'll hear it a lot in this house. It's to build up. It's not to tear down. Prophecy is not giving impending doom for somebody's life. If you've done that, (laughs) don't do it again. That's not appropriate. And can I just say that if you feel like God has given you a word for somebody and you want to encourage them in something, don't say, the Lord said, because that's a really dangerous place to stand. Say, I feel like God has given me a word for you. I feel like this is what the Lord is saying. But if it doesn't resound with what's happening in your heart, then just let it go. Because we're human, right? We're, we're not perfect. I'm not trying to be like, let's say the Lord. I don't think that's okay. I think we have to go and going, I hear from the Lord. 
but I'm not the Lord. So I'm just going to tell you what I feel like God is saying for you, but you can just get rid of it if it doesn't sit right. But what you'll find is the more you step out in that gift, the more that you see God move in miraculous ways. And you just step out more and more. Like we were talking about, you just one foot in front of the other. You start working in your gifts. If you have the gift of wisdom, you better spend a lot of time in Proverbs learning about wisdom. Right? It goes for every gift. And then the last thing as I close is we've got to value the gift. Have you ever given somebody a gift at Christmas and you thought it was so awesome and then you went over like a month later and it was in their closet? <laughs> You're like, oh, you forgot to pull it out when I came this time. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Has anybody ever put anything in the closet and then pulled it out when their friend came over? And I think it's just a really good thing to stop and ask ourselves, where do we keep the Holy Spirit in our lives? Do we push him in a corner because we don't want to be a fanatic, you know, because we don't want to look weird. We don't want to seem like we've gone that far in this whole Christian thing. I, you know, I really believe that we need to get a little bit more fanatical. I think we live pretty safe as believers and I don't think this is ever supposed to be safe I don't think Jesus was looking for people to show up on a Sunday and cheer and not even cheer as loud as we cheer when we're at a football game I don't think he was looking for that actually most people when they came up to Jesus and they said what do I have to do to follow you he said and they'd say I'll do anything and then he'd say what about this and they'd be like I don't think I can do that and there was 12 followers, 12 disciples. There's a reason, because it wasn't easy. But man, was it beautiful. And man, did they walk side by side with Jesus Christ. And man, are we invited to that as we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. This wild, extravagant, beyond what I just want right now life, beyond myself this crazy life of just saying yes and surrendering to whatever Jesus would require of me and walking by his spirit. And I just want to read something as we close. And it's in Galatians 5, starts in verse 16. And I'm actually going to read it to you in the message version because I just think this is an inc just a beautiful poetic way to talk about what it looks like to live by the spirit. And it says, my counsel is this, live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness for there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with the free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical. So you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day why don't you choose to be led by the spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law dominated existence it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time repetitive loveless cheap sex a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness 
trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper and impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know, if you use your freedom this way, you won't inherit God's kingdom. But what happens, but what happens when we live life God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. And we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, but able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. What happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. It's beautiful. Then down a bit it says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold to it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each one is an original. (laughs) So we were built and made and created to live life by the Spirit. Each one of us, every day, it's changing our everyday lives, our yes to Him, changing everything about the way we live living freely and lightly by his spirit. So my challenge to us tonight, we talked about unwrapping the gift, reading the instructions and valuing the gift, but my challenge is to us to surrender first, to seek God in everything that we do, to value what God has put in your life and what gift he's given you, value having the Holy Spirit inside of you, and then to start living the life that you, you who are an original were made for. That's the invitation tonight, to invite the Holy Spirit in by surrendering. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.